2: <laughs> okay, uh, hello again everybody and welcome in. It is uh, the PJ Show on this uh, Friday. Just 18, uh, 20, 21, 20, 20, 24, six shopping days. Six shopping days until Christmas. Philip the Ref Pilkington is uh, producing uh, today's show. Uh, I... I had the intent to go out and do some shopping that, you know, has to be done. Hey now, A little slow on the uptake there for the ref. Um Some shopping that has to be done, you know, last-minute items in the store, that kind of thing, right? I say last-minute, but, you know, last few days. And you know what, Pilkington, it's too damn cold today. I just was outside a second ago. It is chilly. It's like it is... It is like it's startling how cold it is.
1: That wind feels like daggers. Whew. The I mean, temperature to... is not terrible if the if you were standing oh, behind it's a not brick good. wall.
2: No, it's not good. Are but it's going like to be like 60 on
1: Christmas. What, what are we going to be? What are we? Bing Crosby singing Maliki Liki Maka, some Hawaiian crap that's too warm on Christmas. So this, we need
2: something in the middle. With this, uh, with this uh, temperatures and wind today, are we about to play baseball? Yeah,
1: feels like it. Is Ryder here yet?
2: (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Let's see. What am I looking for here? I was just talking to uh, someone, and and they asked, uh, are you doing the show live? Doing live! We are. Doing live! Dimitri Rivanos will be with us a little bit later on. He has the Young Guns podcast where they talk about uh, Bryce Young and uh his first season as the Panthers' franchise quarterback. And uh, he showed it, I thought, at the end of the game Sunday. We've got uh a pirate report coming up for you in a few minutes. It'll pertain to basketball, so that'll be its own kind of isolated segment. If you know what I'm saying. And get I think a, you do, Pilk.
1: Yeah, get a big one tomorrow.
2: Bring on the yeah, Hornets. uh... Hornets will be coming in. They lost to Wake last night. I actually uh, watched some of that game last night, and uh, it was it was something.
1: Are they worse than the Hornets that play down in the Spectrum Center in Charlotte?
2: You know, they're well coached. They got some some parts. Uh, I don't think they're you know the greatest outfit that's ever been assembled, but I mean, they've got some players and they've got some some intriguing parts about them. I just don't know if they are you know. Obviously, there's a talent deficiency. The other thing and this had nothing to do with the game line. I mean, this had no bearing on the outcome. This this didn't determine what happened or didn't happen in the game, but they had a deal, Pilk, where uh, the guy it's probably a 50-50 whether you could have called it. I didn't think there was a lot of contact. I'll just say that. Uh the kid for, uh, Delaware State blocks this goofy kid for Wake Forest. And now he hit the ground hard because he was going up two hands and he got blocked. And the baseline official and the wing official don't call anything. This guy comes soaring in the referee does for midcourt to call a foul. Now, obviously you expect that because they're playing in an ACC building and, you know, Wake's going to get those breaks and that kind of thing. And there's nothing wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying there's a thing wrong with it. I'm not. But I'm just saying, you know, on top of the fact you're in a talent deficiency, then you've got, you know, not getting a break. At one point, it was like 22-4 to on the free throws. And I I know they didn't shoot a free throw in the first half. I actually watched that garbage last night. There's more people, Pilk, uh, in this room I'm in than were at that game at Wake Forest last night.
1: You know, you could have watched a slew of Christmas
2: movies or a lot of different things you could have done. And, yeah, and you chose I, to watch that. I kind of, I, you know, they've moved some of these networks have moved some of their programming. So my seven o'clock viewing, which is really where I start to kind of wind it down on most days during the week, um, there's nothing now. Either I what's on at seven, I can't watch. It's unwatchable. So I mean, I, I I try to hit up the DVR at that point, see what I've got in the queue, right? Because has
1: Got to watch Gutfeld from the night before. Yeah,
2: that's... I don't know. That's really not been my jam.
1: But our, our guy who's hosting that next week was on Talk of the Town yesterday.
2: I Yeah, Jimmy uh, Fanta. Yeah. Jimmy Fanta is going to be uh, hosting that next week. I'd love to be on it because I, I have some people that could write help me write some jokes maybe. And that's really what it's all about is you just write some jokes. But, uh... You know that's recorded, Pilk, like at 5 or 6 in the afternoon?
1: I knew it was recorded. I didn't think it was quite that well, early. Well, it's going to be sometime five, after the 5. I think they do the yeah. 5 live, don't they?
2: It's like at it's 6.30 or 7 o'clock Yeah, when they record that. Yeah. yeah, which
1: makes sense. Nobody wants to be doing stuff at 11 o'clock at night on the East Coast. I mean,
2: Well, now they've moved it up to 10. It's now at 10 o'clock. Oh, either way. Yeah. 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 So it's I don't know, a little tough to... A little tough to find something to watch in the seven hours. So I, I, I went to the basketball game last night on ACC network. Uh, more on that in a little bit. Uh, of course Jason Hunter calls me back while I'm on the air. Hours later, I call him and when do I hear back from him? When I'm broadcasting.
1: That guy's got no sense hang. of time. I love him, but Let he me, just,
2: he, hang on. He doesn't know the
1: difference in 2 a.m. and
2: Hey, I'm on the air. Why are you calling me while I'm on the air? All right. There we go. <laughs>
1: You're speaking right. text. I'm going to call you Henry Hinton. You're out here speaking texts. No, no, no. I,
2: I called, I, I answered. Oh, you answered the
1: phone, said that and hung yeah. up on him.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love not. it. All right. Uh, East Carolina gets a couple of commits today out of the transfer portal. One is from North Carolina state and, uh, that is, um, uh, Anthony Smith. He is uh, an athletic feller from uh, Maryland, uh, played wide out for them, also was on special teams, two years of eligibility due to the COVID year, and then he redshirted in 2022. A speedster, 6'2", 180, the majority of his routes, targets, and catches at NC State were of the deep variety, writes Steve and from Hoist the Colors, 13 catches for 243 yards over his four years with the Wolfpack. Averaging 18.7 yards per catch, 17 of his 30 career targets have been beyond 20 yards. Um, So we'll see. Um, At the very least, a guy who's been productive is on special teams. See if he's written anything nasty back in. No, yet. It's not in his nature. Missouri linebacker Damian Wilson, it was announced, committed this afternoon right after lunch. He is a native of North Carolina. Uh, he was a former four-star recruit, a recruit from Kings Mountain in Grover, NC. He'll have two years of eligibility remaining. He had also visited, according to IGO, UConn, had interest from Wake, Virginia, Wisconsin, Boston College, and others. He took an official visit to ECU over the weekend. 21 career games, three starts at linebacker for the Tigers. Six foot, 223 pounder. Um, Igo projects him as a inside linebacker for East Carolina. He played a uh, part time defensive and special teams role in the past three seasons for Missouri. 228 defensive snaps during his time for the Tigers. Uh, best season was 2022 as far as playing time goes. Uh, also a good uh, student all uh, all honor academic all honor roll selection in the SEC so uh, another case I think like Anthony Smith maybe a change of scenery and some more uh, term will go t- a long way in trying to uh, be able to resurrect uh, one 's college career another thing um, and, and be a contributor I think that 's the thing you 've got to sell right now is that you know you got you got People who can come in and be contributors,
1: um, Patrick. Before you move on, I have one question about him. You mentioned he was mm-hmm. on the SEC academic honor roll. How high of grades do you really need <laughs> to be on the SEC <laughs> academic honor roll? I mean, this guy could have like a two eight, which is not bad, you know, little little B minus average wow. and be on the academic honor roll with those bozos.
2: You know, I am not going to say anything, Pilk, because uh, you are besmirching this young man's academic record. Hey, I'm but, saying he uh, could have
1: a four oh, but I'm saying they might give it out to people with two eights because you'd still be at the top of the conference. Just saying.
2: Well, well
1: yeah. there is Vanderbilt. Well, you got Vanderbilt. There's always Vanderbilt. There's always Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt.
3: You're yes. right, you're right. You got Vanderbilt I'm sorry.
1: I apologize yeah. to the good people of Nashville, Tennessee. But I
2: after apologize. Vandy are the pickings a little slim. I quite possibly so. Quite possibly so they are. Um Congratulations to Amaya Joyner, 27 points, 16 rebounds at six blocks, as the ECU women won against uh, George Mason by 19 points yesterday. So they will play again at 1 o'clock on Thursday, and we will bring you that game on 94.3, the game, uh, coming up. We, let me see here, do I not have this? We'll get you the it's East Tennessee State Pilk. Could you check that? I think it is.
1: Now that's who's uh, coming here else, in basketball, men's basketball next week. I thought.
2: Well, just Google it, and don't, yeah. unless you, you're sure, Google it real All quick. Right. Oh, come on, not doing anything. Don't be like you see me and be on your phone the whole time while the show's well, going. The thing on.
1: I wasn't off. on my phone. That was the issue. They're playing Charleston Southern.
2: Charleston Southern often confused with East Tennessee State. Same conference. Hey, they're both the Buccaneers. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, see. There you go. I wasn't totally off. Uh, so Charleston Southern in for a one o'clock tip. What will that be? Twelve forty-five Thursday. Uh, we'll go out of the Igo show into that show or that uh, game. Right?
1: No, we're, we're going. We're joining at tip off. There will not be a pregame show. So Igo will go, oh, we'll go to right? normal time, and Scooter okay. will say, "And the ball is tipped." It'd be like it be like one shining well, moment. That's... He'll just start with the ball tipped.
2: Right. That'll probably start at one o two, so he'll have about a two minute padding there to set the scene, as it were. So, do we know is Scooter going to be joined by uh, by anybody or?
1: Uh, it, it, he is. I just cannot remember who that is, unfortunately. Rob he Maloney
2: didn't. is it going to be Rob Maloney again with with Scooter? Or Maybe somebody else? that
1: sounds right. Scooter told me last night, and I'm a bad friend because I and you don't down remember.
2: It. I didn't. You don't I didn't remember it. You didn't remember it. You didn't, uh, upload it or download it or stream it or, uh, dot com it or pirate it or anything. You just, uh, you just win one year and out the other. A lot of like what I tell you in one year and out the other. So, all right, uh, let's grab a timeout. Uh, we'll come back and, uh, we'll do a little pirate report, get some pre thoughts on the uh, game tomorrow night against Delaware State, give you a little more of a fill in against, uh, oh, yeah. The Hornets. Here you go, Pilk. Lots of Can't complain about go. this one. No. Good work there, Pilk. The ref done a little homework. That's good. You're banned for playing the boss. You can play wings. I'd rather hear that than the boss. <laughs> Fair not enough. A, not a middle-aged writer who wears a sports writer who wears Hawaiian shirts. So. <laughs> No, thank you on Springsteen. All right, uh, we'll take a timeout, and we'll come back with more of the uh, always entertaining Patrick Johnson show for you, so stay with us here on 94.3 The Game on the IBX Media app.
3: I love you madly, I love you more.
2: Taking the
0: rage out of your drive home.
3: You just cut me off, but it's... No big deal.
0: Patrick Johnson on 94-3 The Game and the new IBX Media
2: app. Okay, uh, we're back and, uh, big congratulations to all of you that took place in, uh, the station's Operation Santa Claus, uh, because it was, uh, a really, uh, huge, uh, and exciting, uh, outing. It was, uh, you, you, we had our final event of it last night uh, nice crowd that went there uh, and uh, participated in um, the concert last night uh, that the uh, craig ember uh, craig woolard and the embers put on and if you do the grand total uh, among greenville Moorhead city and the embers showpilk for operation santa Claus this year uh, through our listeners and through our our people that support our uh programs and and all of that uh and really everybody in eastern north carolina 110,520. dollars And they we're still taking donations. Uh people can still make those. But over 110,500. That's pretty amazing.
1: That's awesome. Uh, so uh, a lot said. of people struggle this time of year and it's great that uh we were able to do that and our listeners were so generous with their uh, finances to uh give a good christmas to some kids that maybe weren't going to have one otherwise.
2: Well, and you know, I know we talk about the need, uh, and I think that is uh, obviously prevalent and, and quite relevant. But I also want to look at this from the standpoint of the people and the businesses that contributed. Right now, it's a tough economy for everybody. It doesn't matter if you make a hundred thousand dollars or a thousand dollars a year. I mean, it's a tough time for for everybody. And uh, the generosity of people in this community for uh, coming in and, and giving that much money uh, you know, at a time where it's tough for everybody is, is really, uh, I think, should be commended, obviously. All right, uh, Pirate Basketball tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. We'll be here from 5 to 6, 6.30 airtime for 107.9 WNCT and 94.3 The Game with uh, the uh, network, and it will be uh, on ESPN Plus as well. I'll be with Cy Seymour there. You have uh, Delaware State visiting ECU Pirates' first game since they lost last Thursday uh, in a narrow defeat to Florida on a neutral floor down in Lakeland, Florida. Here is today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with
0: today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game.
2: Okay, uh, Mike Swartz addressing the media earlier, and uh, this is what he had to say as far as an opening statement goes.
3: Really good Delaware State team coming in here. A lot of respect for Coach Waterman and their program. I've watched them play a lot this year, including last night versus Wake Forest. And real challenge for our guys. I mean, three very, very good guards in Robinson, Tavares, and Munez. Team with really good size. Rebounds the ball very well. They're plus six on the glass this season. And do a lot of things that will pose a challenge for us tomorrow evening.
2: And uh, this is what uh, coach Schwartz says the team has worked on
3: since the Florida game you know we've had a chance to obviously try and scrub that game out. Uh, we've put a lot of time into understanding the two areas that we really struggled in that game uh, which was finishing at the rim number one and defensive rebounding I mean allowing them 22 defensive uh, excuse me offensive rebounds uh, was was ended up being the difference including that big possession that Samuels finished with under a minute to go. So we've just spent time on in those two areas, including other things, obviously. But a lot of time, and our guys understand where we fell short the other night.
2: Uh, also hearing from uh, Coach Swartz on uh, a Delaware State team that struggled to take care of the ball against Wake Forest, that has struggled to take care of the ball. Their turnover rate is pretty high. Uh, and then uh, how to attack that defensively. Will you be a little more aggressive? You maybe not have to be as aggressive defensively. Uh, and Coach Schwartz answered that question like this.
3: We're a stat team. Obviously, we're going to look at as we analyze with scouting and do those kind of things. But, But the reality is that Another team's statistic is, is not going to change how we play. I mean, if there's something that they're really strong at, I mean, we obviously have to emphasize it. And we know we have to be better, whether it's they're a really good rebounding team. They're a very good defensive rebounding team. They're a good offensive rebounding team. So we know we have to be really strong to have a chance tomorrow night. Uh, if we see a team turns it over, more, we, we're not going to change how we play. We just got to be better at what we do, uh, trying to establish our identity.
2: And this is uh, Coach's thoughts on Cam Hayes' first uh, game down in Florida as he returned.
3: Offensively is where he was at his best. I, I thought Cam's defensive chemistry and everything he did was really good. And I thought offensively it was there, too. The shot just didn't go in. Some of those shots he took, Cam makes those shots every day. Uh, and we know he'll make them. There's a lot of energy. I mean, you got to imagine there was a huge weight lifted off his shoulder. Uh, and, and honestly, in that game, he was playing not knowing what the scenario was going to be after that game and moving into the rest of the season. So there was a lot of angst and a lot of anxiety for him probably playing in that game, but the reality is is that I thought he did an excellent job, especially defensively, and I think he will uh, continue to get more comfortable. And the guys are happy to have him out there with them, which is a big thing.
2: Yes, indeed. The uh, last thing from Coach is, uh, with no students here, and the students have been awesome this year, uh, how you will create your own energy for a game like this against an opponent that, frankly, isn't name brand.
3: Yeah, I think you always want to do that, Brian. I think that's really important. As um, special as our crowd is, you never want to walk in any game thinking that our guys are going to rely on the atmosphere of the crowd to get to get us going. Uh, but particularly maybe tomorrow night, I think you walk, look around the country. Uh, I think last night I saw some statistic that something like 17 games, Division One games, were against non-Division One opponents. So, you know, maybe scheduling. They, they schedule games because they know the crowd's not going to be there as much, but that's not really the philosophy that we have. I mean, I think this is a really good Delaware State team coming in. We hope the crowd is there and the energy is there, but because of time of year, students, it may not be as packed, and we just expect our guys to be excited to play. But I think that's a really good point.
2: All right, uh, that is the uh, pirate perspective on the game. Delaware State comes in 6-8 and eight after the loss to Wake Forest last night in Winston-Salem. Uh, they have six wins. You mentioned Coach Waterman, who's done a really fine job. With this uh, program, uh, they have taken their lumps the last couple of years. But uh, Sam Waterman, who was a or Stan Waterman, excuse me, who was a uh, a really uh, fabulous high school coach in Delaware, played at uh, University of Delaware. Uh, he has um, done a really nice job with this team of of putting it together. They've had some health challenges uh, along the way, but uh, uh, this is a group that they got three players who are averaging 43 points. They're the three that are shooting above uh, 40% on average. Uh, and they are uh, as follows. It is uh, uh, Daywok Tavares. Uh, also, their leading scorer uh, coming in is uh, Martaz Robinson, and then uh, averaging just under 15 a game, or a little over 14 a game, excuse me, uh, Jevin Munez. So they that's the three for them that really make them go and look anytime you got more than two guys you have that third guy who's capable uh they're a dangerous team. they do rebound pretty well they're plus six on the boards this year over their opponents uh have not shot the three point ball all that great, and uh, as Pilk uh, noted they they have turned it over a lot, but they also force a lot of turnovers so uh, we'll see how all that plays tomorrow night. Again, it will be a 6.30 airtime for the network here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT, the IBX Media app, and across all of the network stations that will be airing the game. All right, let's uh, go to Pilk now. He'll update you on some more things that are happening. Uh, I, I think you had this in yesterday. Uh, obviously, we discussed it, uh, but it was made official uh, maybe late in the afternoon. I, I, but, I mean, it's, it is an ACL tear for Keith Mitchell and that just is uh, terrible. I mean, it's now, there's they don't believe there's any uh, cartilage damage unless that's changed upon further diagnosis this afternoon. But uh, I think that's really a uh, a tough deal, uh, you know, for him. He was having a heck of a year, and uh, obviously the Ravens are very, very good. So uh, Baltimore is down another running back. There you go. All right, Pilk uh, with uh, other deets from around the Fruited Plain, Pirate Nation and beyond. Here he is with a sports update and pirate report. Pilkington.
1: Thank you, P-Man. It is a busy day in Pirate Nation. Last night, the women's basketball team defeated George Mason 65 to 44. Maya Joyner led all scores with 27 points as part of a double-double performance, which also saw her pull 16, pull down 16 boards and add six blocks. Coach Kim McNeil was happy with the team's fast start.
3: The starting unit for coming out and setting the tone early, you know, I've challenged them all year long to come out and set the tone and, and really get us going, and I thought they did that from the start. You know, we've been on exam break, and we've been able to work on a lot of things, especially our defense. That was the the theme of the exam break, was to get our defense better, you know, to get people more comfortable in it, to get us moving, um, and being able to, you know, smother people. And I thought we did that tonight. It showed, you know, that we really worked on our defense during the break, but...
1: The Pirates will be back in action on Thursday at 1 o'clock. That can be heard right here on 94.3 The Game is they host Charleston Southern. The Pirates uh, have added a couple... Key pieces to commits a day ahead of signing day, transfer commits that is. Former NC State wide receiver Anthony Smith will bring four years of college football experience as well as two years of eligibility remaining to Greenville. The Pirates have also landed linebacker Damon Wilson from Missouri. He will join a packed middle linebacker room in hopes to find a replacement for Taylor Jackson. Former Pirate offensive lineman Justin Red has signed to play with the Houston Gamblers of the USFL. Red started in all 13 games in the 2022 Pirate season. Pirate safety Joyous Wood has also declared for the NFL Draft. The 2024 Pirate Lacrosse schedule was released today, and it will be a tough campaign for the Purple and Gold as they will play seven teams that finished the year last season in the top 50 in RPI. It includes, but is not limited to, North Carolina, who finished 5th, JMU, who finished 6th, and Florida, who came home in 8th. The Pirates will open the season on February 10th when they host Queens College. They did play a tough game against Queens down in Charlotte last year and defeated them 13 to 11. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash updated Pirate Report. On the other side of this timeout, we'll be do- joined by Dimitri Rivanos of the Young Boy, or sorry, the Young Gun Podcast, to talk about the Panthers, college football, and more.
0: We have you covered with all the ECU news and beyond that you need for the drive home. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game.
2: Our great friend, Dimitri Rivanos, joins us here on the phone. Patrick Johnson Show on this Tuesday. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry New Year. Greek Christmas greetings, Dimitri Rivanos.
4: <laughs> a uh, a festive Kwanzaa. A are we still in Hanukkah? Happy Hanukkah. Are we? I, I don't you, know. I don't think we are. I, think it's,
1: okay, I think it's over. I think yeah, it's I, over. Yeah, it's over.
4: Yeah. look, they had a great run,
2: <laughs> but it's done now.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, that lamplight can't last forever.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Dimitri fado's part of the Young Gun podcast about Bryce Young and those Carolina Panthers. You can watch it. On the Ovius and Gillio YouTube page, it's also available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Red Circle, and Radio Public, just some of the places you can uh, consume the podcast. You were talking about something uh, in the podcast clip that you put out today, um, particularly about the final drive. Is that the makings of the breakout, in your opinion, for Bryce Young?
4: I mean, I hope so, because that last drive really was a picture of when things are going right, what this could be. I mean, that pass to, to DJ Chark on the sideline, I, that that looked like the guy I was rooting for in college, not just the delivery of the ball, but the confidence. And we really have not gotten to see him work consistently with a clean pocket this year, the way we did on uh, that final drive. What I, what I said on the podcast, I, I mean this, is, I think we should be seeing that like that's what it should look like every time based on the Panthers offensive line this year. I know that won't be the case. But in right. these last like three or four games, the more opportunities you can give your rookie quarterback to work in an environment where he feels confident in going through his progressions, the better that's gonna be for you in the long run. And you know what? Just maybe the better that's gonna be for you in the in the coaching search. Like I, I think there are still going to be Good candidates out there that have questions about working with a five ten quarterback, uh, and to see him work at his very best, is, you know, that's the only thing that can alleviate some of those concerns.
2: He wasn't a crazy runner, but he did move the pocket himself a little bit too on Sunday in those uh, soggy conditions. So I thought that was helpful too. But on the last drive, you're right, clean pockets, and he stepped up and delivered some some great balls. That that catch by. Uh, DJ Chark was magnificent, and he he kind of put it where that was the only way he could have made the catch. I mean that that wasn't a bad throw. That was, I think, young with some pinpoint precision, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, anybody we talk to that likes his uh, projectables, uh, he, he where he can place the football if given time to throw it.
4: Yeah, for sure. And look, Chark when he is good can be very good. My complaint about him. Uh, previous to, to Carolina and Jacksonville, and, and to a lesser extent with Detroit, because he did he was a little more consistent in Detroit. But my complaint with DJ Chark has always been when he shows up, he is excellent, but he does seem to kind of pick and choose when it is he's going to show up. He has not always been that reliable, and that could not be more important than it is right now, as defenses have really focused on taking Adam Thielen away from
0: the Panthers.
2: Yeah, uh, we've got uh, Dimitri Ravanos with us uh, here. Panthers go on uh, a 17-play, 90-yard drive to win it on a 23-yard field goal over the Atlanta Falcons, or as uh, they are called, Dimitri. Didn't know if you know this, the Dirty Birds. The Dirty uh, Birds. Sure, I heard
4: that a lot.
2: Old. Yeah, I'm sure you have. And uh, you know, look, at least you don't go one in 16. Uh, when you project, when you project out, there's that word again. When you look towards the coaching search and, and what kind of coordinator would be brought in for Bryce Young because he's not going anywhere. How how do you think that game and maybe, as you noted, the rest of the season will determine will determine that and also determine, you know, how, what Bryce could maybe do next season with a little perhaps confidence in this season, to end this season?
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've been saying all along that I think if you look at the rookie quarterbacks that are – Working out, they all have coaches that have not been coaches before, right? They are first time head coaches coming into this, willing to think differently about what their quarterback needs in the position. So I- I'm, I'm a big champion of Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I think mm-hmm. he's very good at what he does. I also think he will have options. And if you have options, why would you pick working for Dave Temper? Uh, but I, I do think that what you are going to need is somebody that is kind of the opposite of Frank Reich, somebody that does not have a set, this is my playbook, and we are going right. to, you know, hammer a round peg into a square hole to make this work. In terms of what can they accomplish or what matters going forward, you know, I think the bigger issue than Bryce with this roster is – There is no way, no matter who the GM ends up being, whether it's Scott Fitter or they make a change, there's no way you can do enough maneuvering to fix all of the problems. So I think if I am a coaching candidate looking at do I want the Panthers' job, it is whose potential just has not been realized yet. Who can show me something that says, okay, this is not one of the moves we have to make right away? And I think that makes it more appealing because right now, or I guess I should say a couple weeks ago when they make that move, I mean, this roster mm-hmm. just looked
2: hopeless. Yeah. You know, what? Uh, Dimitri Ravanos with us. He and Lauren Brownlow host the Young Gun podcast uh, about Bryce Young's rookie season with the uh, Carolina Panthers. It is uh, viewable on the Ovius and Gilio YouTube page, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you download, Stitcher, wherever you download your favorite uh, podcast. Dimitri Ravanos uh, with us on uh, X. It's just simply Dimitri Ravanos. You can find him there and uh, fun and frivolity will uh, will uh, come your way in uh, all kinds of forms of uh, life. So to me he that looked like again maybe a moment that uh shows what the Panthers drafted could be a breakout moment for him given the weather conditions it was a f- fabulous drive. Um is that what we is that what you saw from him at Alabama weekend week out?
4: Yes, uh, you mentioned earlier that he is not the fastest runner in the world, but he moved the pocket. What, what you saw on Sunday and what I saw a lot at Alabama was a guy that just had the confidence that if no one else can make the play, I can make the play. And that, you know, sometimes that gets him into trouble because he's confident he's going to do it with his arm. When he takes off and runs, he is, uh, crafty enough if not fast enough, to, you know, find those holes and turn what should be just getting back to the line of scrimmage into positive yardage. I I want to see more of that because I think it builds upon itself. You know, I always point back to when people ask what Bryce could be, I always point back to the 2022 Texas game and the 2021 Auburn game, games where those final drives you know, Bryce just said, "Put it on my back and let's do this." I, he's capable of it. He really is capable of it. But that jump from college to the NFL—that is the most difficult leap in competition that any football player makes as they ascend to the next level
2: of the sport. I think I figured out what was wrong. He's a mutter, and that's what you. Maybe you need <laughs> to have those conditions. He's a mutter. His mutter, yeah, was, his a mother mutter. was a mutter yes exactly uh all right bryce young what is success for the this first year for bryce young from here on out before we go to college football dimitri
4: i think that you know honestly and i know look what you said earlier about it's not one and 16 you know we could all get a good laugh out of that but honestly i think three and 14 is very different than two and 15 especially when you consider this ends with what home against green bay at jacksonville and home against tampa like Jacksonville's the only one of those teams that I would say is good. There are winnable games on that schedule. So I would say one more win, and I would say the fact that the locker room and the huddle seems to be bought into him as their leader are the two yeah, yeah. biggest signs of first-year success.
2: Well, and, and now you don't. the Jags are on a slide, and Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol, yep. and you don't know what that's going to – Going to be and I, and I really hate it because I love Trevor Lawrence's hair. I admire the man's hair. Sure. he's got a got quite a head of hair. I really like it. Uh, Dimitri is uh, with us here. Our, our great friend Dimitri Rovanos. Um, college football, it's an like old it. debate. Yeah, I know you do. It's a you, have, you take bubble baths uh, talking about that's, it. It's, that's, that's a really right. great podcast that Dimitri does. That you can appreciate the uh, fact that it is on audio sometimes. As well other than uh than than the video, all right, uh in seriousness though Dimitri, uh your crimson tide get in i I have no problem with that. Um, I know Florida State's not the team that they were, especially since they even have the backup quarterback available to end the season. obviously, I think washington and, and Michigan are the best too Texas are we hanging too much on Texas beat Alabama before Alabama figured it out, and that's why they're in.
4: Uh, no, I, I think that I mean I think that is a fair question to ask, but I also think that Texas has shown you every step of the way this year they can win the games where it looks like they are letting it slip away. Like that's that's what a championship season is built on sometimes is winning ugly, and Texas can win ugly or they can win in a blowout. Plus, on top of that, like I, I do think that defensively, I don't know that there's a more talented defensive front in the country. Uh, than Texas. Uh, you know, I would, I would trust them if they end up winning their semifinal and Michigan ends up winning, uh, against Alabama in the Rose Bowl. I would trust Texas as the team that can just give Michigan absolute fit.
2: Um, any other bowl games that stand out to you, Dimitri? This this is is tough, right? Because
4: we, we don't know who is opting out. And so, you know, I have this rule for betting bowl games and it's the same as kind of watching bowl games. Like I don't make plans. I will do it as the game is happening. Because it's so hard to figure out exactly right. what to how to diagnose the game when you don't really know what a backup running back is or what it means to be missing a, a starting left tackle. Like I think the uh is it the peach bowl that is all miss in Penn State? Like, I think yeah. the majority of Penn State's offensive line is not playing
2: that. Right. You know, what's, I, I wanted to ask you about this too. Do you think that the playoff will cut that down? Because, I mean, if you're, you know, the number six seed or number seven or number ten seed or, or whatever, and you really feel like, okay, we're not, there's no way we're going to go on a run here. And even if we do, we, we're going to max out at four games if we're lucky. I don't know if I want to put myself through four more games since I've already completed the regular season. I'm going to be drafted. In other words, does does the expanded playoff allow for less of this to happen in your mind, or or will we still see some people deciding to forego even the playoff?
4: See, I I think if you have players foregoing the playoff, you have to ask questions about how good of a coach you actually have, uh, (laughs) if that's the case. I I mean, I, I genuinely think by expanding the playoffs, What you should have is those six games, those New Year's six games, and the the home games that are going to start the playoffs each year. Everybody should be bought in, right? All you have to do is get on a hot streak. Think about the number of Super Bowls uh, that we have seen a five- or six-seed win just because they got hot at the right time. I know that there is a bigger divide in talent sometimes in college football, right? If you took the New Year's six this year, nobody is picking Liberty to win a game if everybody is at full strength, but that's not... You know, that, that's not me speaking as a coach. That's me speaking from the outside. If you are good at your job as a college football coach, you should be able to get these guys to run through walls for you. And so I, I think if you have guys opting out in the playoff, now look, there, there are always going to be people that say, ah, you know, I'm a second or third round pick. I don't think I'm going to play in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. But I don't right. think that's necessarily going to be the case in the playoff until, you know, America recognizes Myrtle Beach and puts it in its proper place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, Dimitri <laughs> with us here. Um, let me, let me, all right. So you've said all along, you think this is Saban's last ride. Yeah. Uh, Doug Martin, who coached at Kent State, where Saban went to school. says alma right. mater. Believe it. Knows a little, knows Saban a little bit. Says Saban will continue to coach. Until he can physically not do it any longer, or even mentally not do it any longer. Uh, in other words, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna die in the saddle, possibly. So, right? What uh, what do you have you has this evolved? Has your thinking evolved in the last few weeks?
4: No, not really. I mean, I I still think that he is going to pack it in. I did hear somebody say like, "You will if they win this game against Michigan." you will be able to tell immediately. If he is happy about the victory, it probably means that he knows in the next game is his last. If he is pissed off that he misses more weeks of recruiting, it tells you he's ready to go for next season. I, I, I still think this is it. I think that all season long, he has sort of given off a vibe of just a different guy than we have seen before. doesn't mean he's any less of a coach. just means that maybe at 72, he has realized he's going to outlive his money he is professionally satisfied no matter what anybody says about the numbers of championships. Like, anybody with a brain knows he's the best college football coach to ever live. Like, I, I think he's accomplished all he possibly can.
2: So enjoy it if you're an Alabama fan or just admirer of the sport, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's Are, you I mean, I'm look, look, listen. Are you Once enjoying we it? you get off
4: the phone, I'm... am I enjoying it? Yeah, of course I've enjoyed
2: it. <laughs> okay. All right. I, mean, off the I went to school for four point? coaches in four years at Alabama. <laughs> that's true. You did. <laughs> you're just not some come Johnny-come-lately. You're. Uh, I, I, you, like,
4: I like to make sure everybody knows that. I, I suffered. Yeah. I know the name Mike Dubo.
2: Yeah. You're not a guy that uh, went to a D3 and played golf and then came in the last semester and claiming you graduated. You're not that guy.
4: <laughs> what I like most about you, Patrick Johnson, <laughs> is you're always ready to tell the audience that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, well look you know i'm a grudge holder right um all right no, Dimitri. Listen, what makes you great yes dimitri rivanos always great to talk to him uh dimitri i hope you and your family have a spectacular christmas a spectacular greek christmas and a spectacular greek new year is it the greek new year or when how does that work
4: uh, yeah, no, we, we, uh, we. you know what, now that you say that, I don't know, because I think our Easter is about the lunar calendar, so why would we not also be celebrating Chinese New Year? This is very, now I'm very upset. <laughs> you have me questioning my identity. Do I know as much about my culture as I thought I did?
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, great to talk to you, and uh, we'll see you soon, I hope. Take care and, and have a great Christmas, and travel safely out there, be
4: Yes,
2: you as well. Thanks so much. All right, Dimitri Rivanos. Uh, great to have him on with us. Uh, lots of fun, as it always is when we have Dimitri uh, on. Pilk, what do you think? I, You know, I kind of thought Dimitri knew because Dimitri's, you know, a, a, obviously an Alabama alum, and so he's a, a, a fan, so he's kind of an educated fan because he knows football and he knows stuff going on in the media. I mean, he, he's a smart guy. But um so I kinda thought, okay, I could see where Dimitri's coming from when he was saying this year that he thought Saban was gonna retire, but then, you know, Doug Martin knows it from the coaching perspective. Like Doug was probably ready to get out of being a head coach, ready to retire from being a head coach. But uh he knows a guy like Sabin, that's what he's meant to do. So what do you what do you think, Pilk? Um
1: he goes on Pat McAfee show, I believe, once a week. The Nick Saban we know would not do that. I think that tells you something. I could be wrong. I think that tells yeah, you
2: something. Yeah, and that was one of Dimitri's points. The other thing I would say is, I, I think that's an interesting time. I, mean, I know Dimitri was kind of saying it in humor, but I, I think that's that's what you pay attention to. How does he react after the game? If it's the exacerbated... Nick Saban, that means he can't get out and recruit at the level he probably wants. Uh, if he's just joyous, that probably means he knows uh, the end is near. So we'll see.
1: But if they lose, then right. there's no tell.
2: So Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, put a bow on this, remind you of some of our programming the next couple of days and a lot more so uh, stay tuned it is the Patrick Johnson Show season's greetings to you and yours and now the stunning
0: conclusion of the show it's the P-Man here on 94.3 the game
2: coming up tomorrow we've got ECU basketball they'll host Delaware State 7 o'clock tip from NG's Coliseum We will have a uh, airtime on the ECU Sports Network of 6.30. You can hear the game on 94.3 The Game and on uh, 107.9 WNCT, also the IBX Media app. Darren Vaught and Coach Mike Perry will be uh, with you on the radio side. Who's in the studio tomorrow, Pilk, for uh, that? Is it going to be you or you?
1: Yeah, it's me. I sent those other guys home for Christmas, so...
2: That's right, and Scooter uh, works the scores table,
1: so I'm the only one left.
2: Unless so you want to come produce it, Patrick. Comb. I
1: can go call the game well, for got... ESPN Plus if you want. Ah, I'll happily watch courtside.
2: Well, yeah, well, you got to watch a monitor, Pilk. That's that's one pro tip for you there. You can't Patrick. watch the game; you have to watch the monitor because you have to react to what's on the monitor. Good point. It's a little TV pro tip for you there. There you
1: Pilk. go. So you Take do it that, in other sports. I knew in NASCAR you had to do that because you could be looking at the wrong sure. thing on the track. But uh, even in basketball.
2: Right. Yeah, you got to. Because if you don't, you might be talking about something that's not on the screen. Or if something comes up important on the screen, you may. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, good point.
2: You can't be like Cy Seymour and look over the screen at <laughs> what's going on. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. You got to watch the screen. All right, um, let's see here. Uh, we've got uh, Bobby uh, that for you. And then Thursday at 1 o'clock, uh, we're going to have uh, ECU women's basketball coverage against Charleston Southern with Scooter on the call there. Uh, I might add, Pilkington, that uh, we've got signing day tomorrow, a press conference at 1 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow around 2.15, 2.30, we'll have a Patrick Johnson video show for you which will feature Coach Houston's comments on that uh, recruiting class and some of those that have joined from the portal as well. So uh, look forward to that tomorrow. Um, and then, of course, we'll be back here on radio at 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Thanks to Dimitri Rivanos for joining us uh, here today. Thanks to Philip the ref, Pilkington. Great job, as always. See you in the morning on Talk of the Town at 7 a.m. Of course, you can now get Fox News on talk 1037 and talk 96.3 and uh we of course right here for the pj show i go at noon pj video show at 215 230 on our video platforms five o'clock on the radio side hey have a great evening everybody stay warm